The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change. And when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn. Yes, even you. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson. Yes, that would be me. And if you are listening on your favorite podcasting app or watching the video, it's lovely to have you here. How's your day going so far? I hope you're having a fabulous one. Now, today's episode, I'm going to admit, I'm a little bit nervous about doing it because I'm always very cognizant of talking about areas that I'm not an expert in. And neurodiversity is not an area that I am expert in. However, I have been working with, talking to, and doing heaps of research on neurodiverse minds and neurodiversity. And I'm beginning to really understand how some of the tips and the tricks and the hacks that I have developed and use and teach in the Impactful Presenters program can be really beneficial for neurodiverse minds. Perhaps... I'm neurodiverse and I haven't been diagnosed and I've just always figured out how to do stuff. I don't know. And I'm not going to insult those who have um, serious challenges with how their minds work in the world by suggesting that perhaps um, I experience those same problems. But the more research I've done, the more I've realized um, how and where and why some of my techniques can really help those who do experience neurodiversity. So, That's what I wanted to talk about in today's episode. So one of the neurodiverse traits or behaviours or conditions that people often describe is this notion of over-explaining. They talk about rambling or having verbal diarrhoea. They often speak too fast or they speak in pitches and go off on tangents. I know personally I have many people in my life who are in this space and people who have acknowledged, who have diagnoses, diagnoses um, of neurodiversity, and they explain that this is actually one of their challenges. So if that's the case for you, then how do you speak impactfully? How do you get your message across when totally understandably, if that's how your mind's working, but your audience needs clarity and brevity and you to get to the point, But for you to get to the point, you actually have to meander and go down all of these different rabbit holes before you land at your point. Then how do you overcome that? Well, first of all, begin with the end in mind. If you are speaking with someone, if you are speaking to an audience with an outcome that you want to generate, start with the end in mind. Get present to where you want to take your audience. And then just figure out what are the key things. So maybe just kind of place them on your fingers so you can count them off. What are the key things that you need to get across in this particular conversation? And by 
planting them on your fingers in that kind of virtual way, you can count them off. Well, here's point one, here's point two, and here's point three. Another tip, and I've seen plenty of people do this now, is to acknowledge that you might ramble. You can say, I'm just thinking out loud here, or I can see all of this in pictures and I can't quite figure out how to summarize that in a way that's simpler for you. So I'm just going to talk through the pictures with you. Just bear with me. If you ask for that permission first and if you acknowledge to your listener that you're not going in a straight line, you're meandering, then they'll have more patience and they'll listen with you. If that's the case, then my other tip is to use verbal cues to indicate when you're about to land on a point. So for example, you could say, okay, so that's all of my pictures, but what I want to really say is this. You just, knowing how your mind works, knowing how you see the world, just put those little interjections in or put those little cues in to say, okay, now you can listen to me fully again. I hope that makes sense. Now, another trait that I've heard is a considerable issue. And in fact, I was just um, discussing this with someone in um, an ADHD Facebook group. She said that she would, she had just presented at a conference. The conference was a couple of days long and so there'd been lots of social activity, lots of distractions. And as the conference wrapped up, she started hyperfixating on all of the things that she should have said, could have said, didn't say, and wish she had. And so instead of leaving the conference feeling really positive about her presentation, about the people that she'd met, she was actually hyperfixating on how bad her presentation was. Now this is normal for a lot of people. We all tend to beat ourselves up for the shoulda, coulda, woulda. What I gather, though, is that this hyperfixation perspective is that that's the only thing that you can see, right? That's the only, you can't see any of the other positives. You just get stuck on that. So I do this all the time as well. In fact, I often go unconscious when I'm delivering keynotes or live sessions. And I don't mean unconscious in terms of I'm completely not present, but I get into such a flow that when I then leave the stage, I can't quite remember whether I said the thing that I had rehearsed or whether I had used the story that I had planned to use. And so I can then start going, oh, far out. Did I, did I say what I wanted to say? Did I do what I wanted to do? One of the things that I've been doing lately to overcome that kind of, I'm going to call it a beat up, that notion of you didn't do good enough, you didn't do well enough, you missed out on all of these things, you're stupid, you're hopeless, why do you, you know, all of that stuff that happens, and yes, it happens for me too, all of that stuff, I've actually been using cognitive behaviour therapy to really question and confront some of those um, beliefs. I've been using reframing questions, is that really what happened? Is it possible that you are overgeneralizing, Kat? Is it possible that maybe you weren't perfect, but perhaps you were good enough? Is there another way that you could find some different evidence? <laughs> could you ask some people for some feedback? Quite literally just confronting the thoughts. If the thoughts that you're having about the negativity 
are legitimate, then likewise, so are the other thoughts is the main premise. So as I said, what I've been doing a lot lately is using CBT or cognitive behavior therapy to really question some of those not so useful thoughts. Probably one of my favorite questions in this reframing reframing process is, what would I tell a friend right now if they were having this question, if they were having this conversation with me? What would I tell a friend? Because that invites a completely different level of kindness and compassion and encouragement. So that's how I deal with beating myself up after a presentation that I don't think has gone as well or I just start questioning whether I've delivered what I wanted to deliver. So if you're somebody who hyperfixates on that, then that's a really good way to overcome it. At the end of this episode, I'm going to tell you where you can go to get some extra resources. But if you do just Google for cognitive behavior therapy um, reframing or cognitive behavior therapy challenging thoughts, you'll find a heap of resources. One of my favorites actually is the thought monitoring form, which I found in this fabulous book. Um, And I will post um, in a couple of days, I'll post the outline of that thought monitoring form in the Speaking with Confidence group. Now, the final one that I want to talk about, because I actually find this fascinating. Hands up if you find it easier sometimes to type things out either in text or with your fingers on the keyboard before rather than speak it. Now, my podcasts that I do here, without many notes but the reason I can do it without notes is because I've actually written them out first because it's in the writing them out with my fingers on a keyboard that I can actually get my I don't know I can structure my thinking and I can get my thoughts out and yet I very much teach framing your thinking using just a handful of notes on post-it notes but recognizing that sometimes it's more effective for our minds to type out or text out our thoughts first is a really useful insight when it comes to speaking with confidence and with impact. So if that sounds like you, then use your notes app to flesh out the ideas for a conversation, for a meeting, for a presentation with your thumbs on your phone text, on your on your keyboard, keyboard or type it out. You don't have to then use those notes to remind you what to say, but just the fact that you've sorted your thoughts out in that process could quite possibly help you clarify your thinking in a way that you can then not ramble, not data dump, not go down that path of verbal diarrhea, and instead deliver a message with clarity and impact. I was reading a thread around this particular um, neurodiverse tendency where people were saying that they actually find it much easier to text their emotive conversations. There was actually quite quite a conversation around people who use texting to have the emotional and tough conversations with their partners or with their loved ones because when they're in a face-to-face environment, they actually find it too hard to get their thoughts out into effective sentences or messages. 
I've been there. <laughs> I've experienced this too. And from a speaking with confidence and speaking with impact perspective, it's possibly not going to work in a meeting environment to sit there texting your boss what you want to say, but recognizing that that's a trait recognizing that that's how your brain works actually can give us permission to say you know what I actually I I need some time can I come back to you if you're in a challenging conversation or it gives you permission to prepare for a conversation in a different way as we all know People who have neurodiverse diagnoses or who think that they might have neurodiverse conditions all process the world completely differently. And as I said at the top of this episode, I am not an expert in this field and I don't want to even go down that path of pretending I might be. However, recognizing these different traits and recognizing how the different structures for impact and framing your thinking and just calming your nerves that I teach in the Impactful Presenters program can have benefit, I thought I would share some of those ideas. So I hope that has been useful. As I said, I'm going to share an outline of the thought monitoring form from Sarah Edelman whoops, um, in the Speaking with Confidence Facebook group. So keep an eye out for that. If you're listening to this podcast, it will be connected to the podcast episode. So just look for Neurodiverse in the Speaking with Confidence Facebook group and you will find the resources. Now, if you're not already a member of the Speaking with Confidence Facebook group, you know what you need to do. Simply search for Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson on Facebook and you will find the companion group to this very podcast. And then in that group, there are so many tips, tricks, videos, insights, discussions about how you can speak with greater impact, greater confidence and greater authenticity and authority. And you can ask me a question, any question that you like, just ask me a question and I will provide you with some tips. I hope that's been useful. I would love to know what neurodiverse traits, characteristics or challenges you have experienced or you've heard other people experience and how they relate to speaking because I would really love to help identify ways to overcome those challenges because I think as more and more people realise that actually this is how their brains work and rather than seeing it as a weakness, it's just how it is and having those voices still connect in with a normal wired brain world that would give me a lot of juice because as I keep saying we need more diverse voices at various decision making tables and we need that creativity and we need those different thoughts to be presented for somebody who talks about not rambling I feel like I may have rambled a little bit this time around but that's okay because I'm human too I hope this has been a useful episode for you. I look forward to seeing you in the group where we can continue the discussion further. And in the meantime, here's to confidence and here's to impact. I'll see you soon.